What's your name? Say it. It doesn't matter what your name is. Say my name. What's your name? Why? What is your name? Tony. You're listening to Don't Call Us Anthony Podcast. All guest views and opinions are their own, but don't worry, the hosts will share theirs so you can call them opinionated. But just don't call them Anthony. And now, the hosts of Don't Call Us Anthony, Cooley and Tony. Nick Albanese, I just want to thank you for coming on the Don't Call Us Anthony podcast. Uh, we have known each other for a while, my friend, uh, for, oh my God, I can't even, I don't even know how many years, but um, it's been through the film scene, through the comedy scene, through oh, yeah. the acting scene. Um, we have been, we have uh, known each other, uh, passed each other a bunch of times, hung out a couple of times. So um, I'm really excited to have you on. You've been working on a ton of stuff. I feel like you always have something going on. Um, so I just want to, I just want to start off by, um, by just giving you a couple minutes, you know, like if you were to describe in your own words, who is Nick Albanese? What would you say? Wow. Who is Nick Albanese? <laughs> I have to talk. I have to talk about myself now in the second person. No, uh, he, you know, um, uh, I'll just say, uh, you know, come from a hardworking family of immigrants from Sicily. I grew up, I was the first born in America. So I felt like I was an immigrant growing up, up with immigrants. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, I, I'm a blessed kid. My dad had a good business. I was spoiled. I had a lot of good friends growing up in the North End of Providence back in, throughout the 80s. And uh, I, I watched a lot of TV, man. I watched a lot of TV and I always, since I was far back as I can remember, I wanted to be an entertainer, you know, and, uh, and it's been in my blood and my DNA. I don't know where it comes from, but it's something I've been doing. And here we, I'm almost, I'm close. I'm reaching 50 years old soon. I haven't stopped. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know, man. I, I just, I, I I'm a, I was born, like I said, I think I said on my my Facebook, I wrote it years ago, like, you know, the little things you write underneath your name. Yeah, your little um, bio. <laughs> a little yeah. bio. Yeah, I, was yeah. like, I was born, I grew up, and now I entertain people. So that's uh, pretty much Nick Albanese. I love it, man. I mean, there's, other, there's many other levels, personally, you know, family life and all that. Oh, yeah. That's the gist of it. Yeah. I, I think that one of the cool things about you is that if anybody ever wants to know uh know anything about you i mean they can find you on instagram you give a pretty good pretty good i i think uh example of who you are you're always making yeah. people laugh you know yeah. you're always putting out funny material you have a bunch of things going on i mean i think we want we're definitely going to get into the last sicilian but i yeah. mean that really describes like your life like who you yeah. are you know, yeah. you wrote that show, you acted in that show, you produced that show. That is your baby. Um, yeah. And I mean, and, and if not like people, if they go to my YouTube page, I, I do little videos called independent artists. I talk all about from, from my childhood all the way up till now, about like things I've done in my career and all that. Um, yeah. If they want like in-depth something about it, you know, so made a lot of stalkers probably watch it just to <laughs> all the information about me or something. <laughs> but you, man, I bet 
you when you were talking in the beginning, it was stand up. I think it was the first thing I remember you doing. Yeah. I, so I mean, we're I, talking early two thousands. Was that like yeah, almost twenty years ago? I think I uh, yeah I started doing stand up in like two thousand seven or eight something like that. Yeah, see, I started I started around oh four oh five. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I started around 04. So yeah, I do remember. Did you do like the Parada gigs, the Ramada? Oh my, oh my God, dude! John I remember Parada, you, oh, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, doing all the uh, the hotel gigs. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah dude. Like it was like twenty five hundred comics on one night. It was like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what number are you i'm going up 16th when everybody's ready to go home this will be good yeah everybody has like two people left and the bartender <laughs> yeah hey nick you said you said you're almost 50. yeah yeah i'm 49 this year nice, uh, nice. I, I, also... people don't believe it i still some i can pass for 30 in some roles like i'm you also know? almost 50 and yeah and i get that a lot also i also get a what's your secret and it's like yeah yeah, yeah, you have you, a young face. You have well, a young I want to ask you, like, what's your secret? Because I know what my secret is, and it's pretty obvious. Like, <laughs> the, the melanin is is my secret. It, yeah, yeah, right. It keeps me. It keeps me from getting crispy. Yeah, yeah. I know. I well, know I, Italians. I, I, I know Italians so. that are fifty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they I don't look Sicilian. like you. I am Sicilian, dude. All right, you know so you I mean? guys, so, see. Mediterranean, right there. We're like two hundred miles above Africa. You know, the sun. You know. <laughs> It's it's an DNA. Who knows? I don't know. Oh, that's the, that's the those, dark side of Italy, the right? DNA, the DNA tests. I never did those. So I don't really. People, you know, they say you're from Sicily, but I mean, how many over the hundreds and hundreds of years, people have gone through that island mm -hmm. yeah, all exactly. around the world. Like God yeah. knows how. So that's like I the am. dark side of Italy, right? Like that's like. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Word. They call them. They call them the black of the Italians. Yeah, so yeah, you're so like one. Yeah, of, you're yeah. you're basically one of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah, you, make, you, make, you guys are no, making no. me think of that. You're making me think of that monologue that Dennis Hopper did in True Romance. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like we don't want to repeat that monologue. No, right no, now. we can't. We can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris, Christopher Walken. Uh, Christopher Walken definitely was good in that role. Yeah, too. Yeah. That was an intense scene, but that was yeah. yeah. Christopher Walken. Oh, I, I know. I get every time. I, once in a while, you know, somebody finds out I'm Sicilian. They they mention that monologue. <laughs> yeah well i mean that's what they talk about in that monologue so yeah, yeah. But we, we yeah but we can't repeat it if you guys want to see that you have to youtube it yourself yeah yeah go check it out why yeah uh well when you watch it you'll know why <laughs> yeah well it, it's a tarantino wrote it he didn't direct yeah. it though tony scott directed i think yes yes yeah exactly yeah. but tarantino wrote that movie so you he can wrote... imagine the dialogue yeah it's probably good <laughs> it's probably got a couple of n-bombs in there Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a couple, yeah. But he, he loves just, that. But the cast oh, yeah. is phenomenal, man. Like everyone is in that movie. I know. Like, I know. Everyone. It's, it's so good. And I and yeah, Tony Scott, he direct yeah, exactly. And um, who's the lead? Christian Slater. Christian Slater. And he, and he had that um the imaginary Elvis with him all the time. Yeah. <laughs> who was? You know who that was, right? Yeah, I know who well, I, I, you, go ahead, you say it. Yeah. Val Kilmer. Exactly, man. So, Val never showed his face. They never showed his face. <laughs> like Tony's like, yeah, of course I know who that was. Why don't you tell everybody? No, I knew. He's like Val Kilmer. He was like, yeah, right, exactly. I didn't want to. I didn't want to ruin it. I've, 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 I know I've, you knew. I, I brought up the movie. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't want to take the wind out of his sails. Tony, Tony was like, boom, correct. <laughs> so coolly, you never saw that. Then you never saw True Romance. Uh, no, actually, uh, I have, but I haven't like. 
I uh, have, I've seen it, but I haven't watched it. Like it, it's the same thing that same thing that happened with Jaws. Um, yeah, we didn't really tell the story like too deeply in the in that episode, but I actually ended up watching Jaws for the first time like all the way through with Tony. Uh, the last mm -hmm. time I had seen it all the way through, I was like too young to remember that I had watched it. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Um, and with True Romance, it was like it was a it was a cool movie, and it came out at a time where I was like just I was just out all the time. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you watch yeah. it again, you'd be like, "Wow, you won't believe how many like big actors are in it." And a very at the time, it was not even known. James Gandolfini. Yeah. It was totally mm -hmm. unknown. And he now, has an the, amazing. Does this one have Michael Jai White in it? Who? No, I don't think Michael Jai White's in it. No. Was that something called? Was maybe that maybe that was something called true crime? That sounds maybe. about right. That sounds. More Did that like also it. have Christian Slater? Mm, I don't. There was something with Christian Slater. It was like uh, one of the Arquettes. I can't remember which one. Well, uh, Patricia Ar Patricia Arquette, Arquette. Was, was in the True Romance with Christian. Yeah. Slater. So Michael they, Michael Jai White, I think, was in that. Oh, he was. Like, right. I, I forgot that scene. Though. It was. A, yeah, it was like. A, there was, was a lot like of appearances in that. There were a lot of appearances in that. Yeah. James Gandolfini has an amazing scene with uh, so Patricia Arquette, I think. I don't even want to tell you about it. You have no, to watch it. Okay. Brutal. All right. Yeah, I'll watch it. But <laughs> let's let's get back to you, man. We're talking all right, about we all, all these we great all movies. Now we're, all we're, right. we're no, Michael. we're we're all movie nerds, so this is it's bound to happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but the last Sicilian man, tell us a little bit about that because you know, like I said, you wrote, directed, produced, performed. Uh, mm -hmm. And I feel like it just really took off for you. You're, you're still performing to this day. You've had, you talked about an opportunity that might be coming down the road in California. So, so talk about how that, that idea came about. Like, what was the inspiration for that? You just sat down one day and decided you had to write this thing. Well, I was doing stand up, right? And I did stand up for like a decade and did shows all over the place. And, but my, originally I was a theater major. Back in the '90s, I was a I did two years at CCRI, <laughs> uh, you know, I did theater, and I I started doing stand up, and I just really took off. But I started getting sick of it, like mm. really, I started getting sick of hearing my same act all the time, over and over, uh, and I started really missing theater, and and acting and playing characters. So uh, it was a I believe it was like spring, late winter, spring, of. 2015 i decided i'm gonna put together like a little theater group of some friends and uh we well i found out that i can get the space at ralph square theater 82 and they would do a ticket split with me so i wouldn't have to rent the room mm -hmm. so it wasn't like i was gonna lose money right so we ended up writing i ended up writing like three one act little plays a couple of the friends wrote other plays and we had five or six one acts and we did a weekend there and it was pretty successful. We, like, uh, I think we did three shows. They're all packed. And I was like, you know what? I, I kind of want to keep doing this. Yeah. And so that and that was in May of 2015. And I always wanted to do a one-man show, like watching John Leguizamo do all his one-man shows on HBO. Remember those? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, yep. he did like five of them. And uh, I was like, and this is, I was like in college then. I'm like, oh, I was like, you know, between 18, 20. I was like, what am I going to write about? What am I, what do I know about life? You know, at this age, I had nothing to write about. So it took me all that time. By 2015, I was married, I had two kids, uh, and I started thinking about my own childhood. And I said, you know, maybe I'll do something about my life. So I started uh, working on these stories about my childhood, and I would go visit my parents, 
and I would talk to them and I, I tell them, you know, tell me those stories again. They used to tell me about, you know, their younger days back in Sicily. And I wasn't I just, I was just listening to them. And after I would go home, I would go home right away and I would write down everything they told me. And a lot of it I did remember from my childhood. So I started putting all these stories together. I said, all right, this is going to be my one-man show. That's what I'm going to talk about. And then I saw um, Billy Crystal. I don't know if you ever saw 700 Sundays. It's uh, a book. I, I yeah, haven't a, seen it, but I know what it is, yeah. Yeah, it's a book as well, right? And it's all about his childhood and how uh, his father worked every day except Sundays. And he got that he got to spend Sundays with his father. And his father died when he was very young, Billy Crystal. And he figured, he counted, calculated, I only spent 700 Sundays with my dad. Oh. So I was like, that's where the title comes from. Yeah, But he awesome. would play all the characters. He would play his aunt. He would play his mother, his father, his uncles. And he had these pictures, these images behind them. And Because a lot of people come see Last Sicilian, they think I'm, I'm, I'm imitating uh, Chaz Palmateri's Bronx Tale. Right. Which I never saw. I saw the movie, but I never saw his one-man show. Mm-hmm. What really inspired me was Billy Crystal. I said, that's the way I want to do it. So I said, I started collecting these photos and, and other images for like a, a background on the screen. But then I was like, it's not long enough. So I ended up watching PBS one night and they started doing like this series, all Italian history. And one episode was all about Sicilians. And I was like, wow, this is a lot of stuff I didn't know about Sicilians. So I started doing more research. So I said, all right, I'm going to do the history of Sicily, how it formed. And that's how I start my show, like the whole beginning of Sicily. And then I go into my parents, I'm into my grandparents' life, how they met, and then how my parents were born, how my parents met, and then how me and my siblings were born. Right. And I go into the whole family tree. It's pretty wild. And it's a lot of humor in there, but it's all true stories. And uh, and the slideshow goes along with it. And, and I started doing it uh, November of 2015 at theater 82 and, and it just took off dude it just uh, right from the first weekend and the second weekend both sold out i didn't even advertise yeah i just you know advertised on facebook right and you know and uh and people like portuguese jewish and i don't care where they, they all come up to me after the show they all related to it yeah. like oh i had an uncle just like that because the yeah. main characters are like my uncle and my father my uncle's my favorite character to play. He's he was nuts. He was yeah. like crazy, and uh, and everyone relates to it. Like I that they were brought up the same way. So it was all about family and coming to America. So mm-hmm. I, everyone related to it. It was it was pretty wild. I, yeah. I was surprised. I was surprised how it really caught on and touched the you know the pulled the heartstrings of people. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good, that's a, I mean, it definitely, definitely does that. I mean, I, I went with my wife and my, my parents and, and brought my in-laws and they all, we all enjoyed it, man. It was awesome. And uh, yeah. what I really like about it too, is, you know, with a one man show, like, I think some people try to do, I've seen performances where they try to do too much. And I think you did just enough. And I like that your set is very, it, 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 it's, it's, it's just enough, you know, it's, it's simplistic, but I, I think that's all you need. For, yeah. that, for that type of show, you know, where with the slideshow and with the characters that you play, you create the environment. You yeah, know, yeah. You, you bring things to life. And I think you do a fantastic job with it. So congrats, man, on that show. It's awesome. Oh, thank, uh, thank you, man. Yeah, simple is best. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. You know, you want people to stay focused on the story. 
and you want them to have a good time with the characters. Right. So that, that's it. You don't have to go, go too complicated with it. Right. Now you've had, so I, I know you had some big names like come to check it out and then it was in New York. And so yeah. I mean, what's, what, uh, who's some really, what's some really pivotal moments, like some, some big names that you didn't expect to come see this, they grabbed a hold of it. Cause I saw some yeah. stuff on Facebook. About yeah. It. Like about uh, a year or two into it, um, I brought it down to uh, Westerly at the Granite Theater. Mm-hmm. And this guy, David Black was there and he produced like 30 something Broadway shows back in the day. He's this older guy, retired, uh, but he really reached out to me and wanted, you know, to help me, you know, get it to New York. And uh, it didn't work out, you know, he, he got, he got ill. And so things kind of didn't work out with that. And then at one time, um, when they were filming Poker King, remember they were filming Poker King oh, yeah. Yeah. in Rhode Island and they wrapped on a, a Friday, but that Thursday before there's a big article in the journal about my show. So I think that's how they saw it. Cause the producer of it, uh, uh, David permit, mm-hmm. he produced Hacksaw Ridge face off. Wow. Like so a big like this guy is big time Hollywood and he yeah. produced uh, a poker king and he showed up the Saturday night show. It was like a sold out show. <laughs> and I'm I'm like on the back I'm in like in the uh in the backstage just kind of like meditating before I go on, yeah. you know, getting getting ready. And the stage manager Mike comes over and goes, Hey, there's this big producer here, he wants to get in. That's the worst thing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to get ready for the show, man. Don't tell like, me that. It. You just handle it yourself. Get some seats, squeeze them in. You know, yeah. just do it. I was like, oh, boy. And he, who he came with was with um, Ken Garino, the guy that owns Basta. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so he yeah. showed up with him. And so I knew who they were because they had, it was like this only two seats was like a love seat sofa. <laughs> and they were there. So I do, but I, I could see in the corner of my eye, they were laughing through the whole thing. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm doing all right. And yeah, it was a packed was audience. Right. And you know, you know, when you're performing the energy, you need oh, that energy. Feed off that man. Yeah, for sure. You feed off of it. Yeah. And then after he, he talked to me afterwards and he was like, you know, he, this, he goes, it, it reminded me, it wasn't the same, but it reminded me of, of uh, Bronx tale when Chaz had the little black box theater and was doing it, you know, mm-hmm. He was a nobody doing it in LA. He remembers that. That's the same kind of vibe he got. So that was a huge compliment. That's awesome. And he, he really liked the story. And Ken Garino was like, gave me his card. He's like, you and your whole family, you come on my treat. You're going to come to Boston. <laughs> it was That's great awesome. because my my wife's birthday was like two weeks later and I took him up on it. <laughs> <laughs> we ate like kings. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to cash this in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's it was awesome. like probably almost a three hour bill, dude. It was great. <laughs> it was because of my wife. It was my two kids. And, and my kids were eating the pizza going, we love this place. Can we come every week? <laughs> You're like, sure, yeah, we'll figure yeah. it out. We'll yeah, Daddy needs a three picture. I need a three picture deal first. <laughs> now, what's going on with the show now? Yeah, I mean, I know you're you definitely probably planning to do it again, but you you mentioned something a while back about California. Can you talk about that, or is that still? Oh no, yeah, that was something. It didn't. It fell through. It was something. Ah. It was before the pandemic and all that. And yeah, yeah, I was I, I was gonna have a space out there to bring it to. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, but I brought. I mean, I brought it to a lot of places around New England. I got mm-hmm. to do New York for two weeks. Yeah, and that was through another friend, uh, Ahmed Garrow. Uh, he, you know, he he played uh, Coco and Sopranos. He was in Departed. 
Yeah, he, I remember that. Yep. He got beat up uh, by DiCaprio in The Departed. Yep. That one scene, right? And uh, and uh, he's actually, Armand Garrel's in that new uh, Johnny and Clyde that just came out. Oh, I haven't watched it. Is he really? I yeah, he's, know that. Yeah, he's got, I heard he's got a pretty decent role in that. So awesome. he came a few times to see the show, and he really liked it. And he actually ended up becoming the, the producer of it in New York. He found the theater for me. Um, he hooked me up with the artistic director there. It was a 13th Street Repertory Theater. Yeah. And so he came on, and he was there. I did 10 performances there, and he was there every night. In, wow. Introducing, um, welcome the crowd and introduce me. That's so awesome. that was re- that was really cool of him, you know. And and I, and the, I really liked was the before we do the shows every time we'd meet around the corner at this bagel shop, and he would give me notes from the night before, and he'd give me some advice, and and then we'd tell he'd tell me stories about being on sets that he's been on. So it was really it was a cool, really cool experience being there in New York. You know, I got I to stay like... there the whole. I stayed there the whole two weeks. I lived with a, a friend in uh, Brooklyn. My friend yeah. Melissa. She let me. She had an extra room, and she let me use it. That, that saved me a lot of money. Imagine okay, bet, trying yeah. to <laughs> trying to pay like a, a hotel or rent for two weeks. It would have been nuts. Yeah. That would, would have been my whole budget. You know. Yeah, exactly. I think that's cool, though. You know, like I feel like some of the best times are when you get to have those one-on-one conversations where, like, somebody who's been through it gives you that advice. Yes. So I think yeah. I think that's th- those are the key moments right there for sure. So I hear you. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was just an amazing experience. I met so many different people from you know all over the place. Yeah. It was January too. It was cold. I would take right, the right. subway in into the city from from, and uh, you know going back in the middle of the night, hoping I wasn't going to get mugged, going drunk, go back to the <laughs> the apartment. But it was fine. So it was winter time. So a lot of you know. Thieves weren't out in the winter. That yeah. <laughs> if it was summer, I probably would have got mugged. Oh my god. Well, I'm glad you didn't get mugged. I mean, that you, mm. you made it back. You made it back in one piece. Um, <laughs> one of one of the other. Uh, you do play another character that uh, is pretty well known in Rhode Island, and I think in a lot of places, in New England. I think it just in general. So, uh, who might that be? <laughs> oh, Mister. Uh... <laughs> Buddy CNC. <laughs> That's right, man. Yeah, I did that. That was almost a year ago already. Believe That's, that? Is it already a year? I, oh. I did that. I debuted it last June at the, the uh, Comedy Park. That was when last they just, June? Yeah, they just re- just opened up the Comedy Park inside the Park Theater. Oh, my God. I feel like that was like four months ago. Oh, yeah, God. yeah. Time flies, man. Yeah. And this time last year, I, I already seen my Facebook memories that – uh I was promoting it like five yeah. weeks out, five weeks out. Yep. And that was a good run, man. We did, I did, uh, th- did I do, I did a Wednesday to a Sunday mm-hmm. show each night, uh, two on the Saturday, a matinee and a night. And then I did a matinee on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So and you, was about, how was the crowd? Did you, I mean, from what I've heard, you definitely like did really well there. So yeah, yeah. The crowds were great. It was pretty much almost except the two matinees were the smallest crowds. Mm-hmm. But the night shows were all pretty much full, That's all full. Awesome. Now, how and, did you uh, get into the buddy, the uh, playing buddy? I mean, like, it, you definitely like when you're all shaved down. I mean, you do. You definitely look like him. So that's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool because well, I my my uh, mom's relatives they all used to own the ten twenty five club in the Providence, and <clears throat> Buddy would have a bunch of you know his events there. He was friends with them, and. 
when their mom died, he came to their wake. And I was probably, I don't know, man, six years old, no more than seven years old. And I had my little suit on, my hair, my mom powdered my hair to the side. Everybody's like, you look like, you look like a little buddy Cianci. You look like a, like a mini buddy. And he showed up and they're like, kid, you got to meet this kid, buddy. This kid looks just like you. And he's like, oh, he must be a good looking kid. So he, and that's when I met him. And, and from then on, I always, he always called me little buddy or young buddy. Even then, when he got out from uh, jail or vacation, as you want to say, he did five years. He was up on the hill at the Columbus parade. And I just caught him sitting there by himself. And I went over to him. I said, hey, I don't know if you remember me. Um, you know, the, the Lorenzo's from 1025. Oh, he's like little buddy. He rem- his memory was unbelievable, man. I didn't see him for years. I feel like he's always he's always been like that. I mean, like he definitely remembers like a name and a face. That was that's what he was good at. Is with people, oh, you know, yeah. Oh, that's perfect for a politician. That's oh, like, for sure. That's that's a gift. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's a gift. Yeah, I, and he's. I think he's a great character to play too because he's 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 always had that personality. But he's he's you know <laughs> he had like the funny CNC sauce <laughs> like that was big. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's just, he's just been around. I mean, I my... walk out with that. I walk, when I did the show, I walk out, <laughs> I walk from the back of the room, but see how it, the show started because everybody said, you got to play buddy. You got to play buddy one day. Yeah. And then Trinity right before the pandemic, remember they did the play. Trinity. Yeah. Yep. And I swear, I know they must know who I am because people were tagging me and Trinity, mm-hmm. like dozens of people when they announced that they're like, Nick yeah. Albanese, he's got to play this. I'm like, oh yeah. my god, they're gonna, they're gonna be like this guy. They're gonna think I'm a pain, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I didn't tell anybody to do that. They just people were doing it. I kept getting these tags. I'm like, oh my god, and um, and I even I, I mess- yeah, and I I uh, I um, messaged uh, Trinity, and I said, are there gonna be auditions for that? I was just curious if they're gonna be local auditions for local actors, you know. And they said, well, we'll be on the website, I'll let you know. And whoever was running that, the social media yeah. intern or whatever. Then after that, I had a conversation with them for a little bit, then you go, by the way, you really look like him. <laughs> and so I have a screenshot of that. And, uh, and I was like, all right. But then they ended up getting the guy that was in the show Billions. And he, uh, I, I don't right. think, you know, nothing against Trinity. They got to do what they got to do. They needed somebody maybe kind of has a little celebrity. Yeah. Which, but a lot of people didn't know him. Um, yeah. And he looked nothing like Buddy and didn't sound like Buddy, nothing. So... Uh, the only thing he had going for him, he was Italian. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was like, you know what? You know, that they decided to do that. I'll do my own thing. And that's why I yeah. decided I'm going to write my own one. I'm going to do my last Sicilian style show, but as Buddy. Yeah. Because I had the screen as Buddy too. So it was just basically Buddy coming in. It was called One Last Night. It was the night before he was going to go to jail in 2002. Mm-hmm. And he, it's his last audience he has. And he tells his life story from childhood up until that time. I love that. It was wild. Nice. I walk in with the sauce and the and just the looks <laughs> on people's faces, dude. When I walked in as Buddy, yeah, they were like in sh- like in like shock, like wow. <laughs> they felt like Buddy was really there. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was wild. It was and like tons lying out the door at the end of the show. People want to take pictures with me. That's awesome. it, it, it was it was wild. And people that work for Buddy, like his accountant. She showed up and she's like, I was talking to her after the show, just as myself. And she's like, you know what? This is kind of freaking me out right now. <laughs> Cause I, you know, you look just like them and the mannerisms and everything. Yeah. 
So I had a blast. I, I wrote it. I, I watched all the documentaries about him. I read the book, both books, Prince of Providence and uh, Austin Politics. Mm-hmm. So I took all the story. Every every uh, word came out of my mouth was from him. It was his actual dialogue. Yeah. That's so awesome. it was a, it was a good experience. It was a really cool experience. I'm not sure. I don't know if I'll do it again though. I kind of got it out of my system. It was like my. I, it was, it, it was like my back. fucking. What? It might come back. <laughs> I would do it for. I would do it for a film. I would. I would love to play him in a yes. film or a TV series. Yeah. I'd say I'd be the number one choice. Yeah. I mean, have to. Have to be. I don't know. I don't know the research already. Come on. I, I'd root. For, I'd root for you, man. I'd root for yeah. you for sure. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, after the. I after the park, I did it again at the pub on Park in Cranston, down the street from there in July, which is it was almost a hundred people. It was a good good crowd. And then I did it, I think, in September of last year at uh, the Granite Theater. And that was packed. That that was my favorite show because it was actually a theater. You know what I mean? It wasn't like the, the pub on park. It wasn't the comedy club. It was a theater. And I had right. someone I had someone running the lights and the, sh- and the screen for me so I can just focus on being the character. And I was doing a lot of improving that night. It, it was a that was an amazing show. And then awesome. I do I do Q and A's after all my shows as well. Oh, so do you do them like yeah. in, char- in character? No, no, no. Just as me. Just as, as you, yeah. I remember Grand Theater. One lady's like, "Can you like can you run for governor?" <laughs> I was like, you know, I was like, I don't even want to get into politics. You couldn't pay me to be yeah. in politics. I, I can't stand these people. Yeah, dude. Like, you, so you wrote you wrote like. Produced, directed, starred in The Last Sicilian. Yeah. And it's and it's something that's done very well. Um when you do something and you create something and you and you put it out there for the world and it's received well, like you don't just stop there, right? Like that's like, you know, Tony and I, we do this podcast and we just like interviewed Joe Alves and we were like, Yep, that's a wrap. We're done. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we want to keep going. Like we got that bug. We're like, it's like oh, yeah. on to the next thing. Like, who are we gonna talk to next? Uh, what's your next thing, man? Like, what are you, are you working on? Something? Are you are you writing something? Are you? Are oh yeah, you, I'm. Man, I'm always are you going. Cooking to, up ideas. Yeah, I'm. Always, I'm constantly going every day. Um, I, I don't know. I can't. It's just something. It's part of me. I, like I just. It's like a drug almost. Mm-hmm. I just want to keep doing. Be creative. I always. I've been like this since I was a kid. And uh, like the last Sicilian, I did. I wrote a movie version of it, oh, and nice. I did, yeah, I did write. And it was that it was in twenty twenty. I finished, the, I finished it like beginning of twenty twenty in January. I did a couple of rough drafts. I had a table reading with all actors, and um, there was someone from LA that came in that wanted to help me produce it. And then the pandemic hit, oh. so it was like, uh, and my theater group because after the last Sicilian, I I wrote and produced four other four plays like full-length plays with full casts at the theater in Cranston so my theater group was growing I had this movie in the works I had a tv pilot in the works and then pandemic totally totally ruined so I'm kind of like now three years later rebuilding everything again I was just gonna and, say like can you like are you reaching out to those people that you were in talks with like they can maybe, yeah yeah I'm trying yeah. to but I I've, I've got I met, met new people too so yeah, yeah. um and everything happens for a reason, I believe. So yeah, I, I think either way, it's going to work out. And uh, I, I wrote another script this past year called Charles Street. It's where I grew up. And yeah. it's kind of like, 
it's kind of like uh, not a sequel to because the North End of Providence movie. That's what the Last Sicilian's called. It's called the North End of Providence because mm-hmm. um, it's a different meaning in the play than in the movie. Mm-hmm. In the movie, it's just all my childhood stories mm-hmm. from uh, the eighties. So the movie's set in nineteen eighty five on Charles Street. That's nice. awesome. So, so <laughs> that, that I'm gonna need a big budget for that. So that's yeah. kind of like on the back burner. So yeah. the Charles Street is set in modern times, and it's kind of like. Um, there's some scenes in there. We talk about the stories that happen in the North End of Providence in the eighties. Oh, you know nice. what I mean? It's, okay. So it's like, it's not, it's not a, a sequel, like true stories like that was, but you know, it's like half fiction, half non. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll, I should know hopefully within a week or so, if, if that's a go, we're going to be doing that. I might, that'd be my, my first feature film that I'm not even in the end. I'm not even acting in it. Guys. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I just wrote, I'm going to direct it. I want nice. the experience of just directing something. That's awesome, man. Well, dude, fingers crossed, man. I hope that works yeah. out for you, brother. Hey, you got to be yeah. in it for like a second, though. Like, pull like an M. Night <laughs> yeah, Shyamalan you have a, or something. Like, yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> like, like maybe, just yeah. be a doctor and pull out like a chart and be like, I don't know what's wrong with him. And like, just walk just, off the screen or whatever. Just do like a walk by. Like, <laughs> yeah, you got you to do a Hitchcock, man. You know, he walks <laughs> through, you know? So, <laughs> so yeah. You that's, that's, uh, okay, sorry. No, no. So, and then there's uh, I wrote I'm I'm working on another script now, and uh, I kind of started getting back in the stand-up a little. I'm doing not a lot of gigs, but here and there I'm doing some gigs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just yeah, man, I'm always kind of like kind of hustling, man, just doing something. I, I I feel like I'll go nuts if I'm not. Yeah, I hear tell, you. Tell me a joke. <laughs> That's, oh, the no. That's the worst thing. That's the worst funny. thing to ask the stand-up comedian to be buddy. <laughs> Be be funny, man. Make me laugh. No, I, I, no, I've, I've listened to I've listened to a lot of podcasts with like stand up comedians and stuff like that, and like they every I think everyone has said like that's the worst thing that that fans of like fans do to them is like they just like yeah up to them and like oh say something funny or do this yeah, do yeah. this you bit. get that and all the like, time yeah, especially when I was when I was doing comedy only for like ten years and you talk to people and like what do you oh, I'm a comedian like, oh yeah tell me something funny they always do that it's like oh. you know what i you know I'm what like, i i can't stand when people like 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 if it's if it's family and friends it's fine but like when somebody that you don't know is like ah right, you know what you got to make a bit out of this it's like dude i'm not yeah. doing that i'm not yeah, yeah, doing yeah. that well they go oh, you have this, this joke you got to put in your act and it just it's horrible. It's put like the, horrible put this put this in your act it's like i'm not doing like we we were talking about it right now and it wasn't funny it's like dude i don't come to your joke. Job. I don't come to your job and tell you how to flip how to flip the fries. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so you, but dude, I don't even. First of all, I don't even know how you have the time to to do all this stuff. I mean, like the writing and the it's you have so much stuff on top of that. You've uh, you've had some short films. There was Mob Ghost. There was Father Forgive Me. You, I mean, you got those yeah. done too. I mean, talk yeah. to us about the short films, man. Like those. And, were, and, and on top of all that, I got three kids. And I'm that, like, is this, is this I, a have, I, I have two kids. I don't know how you do it with three. Like, I, no, I just got to ask though, is this a living or do you also have to like hold down a, like a, a nine to five? No, no, I don't work during the day. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's like a crazy being an artist. It's this ups and downs. You, you make money, then you don't make money. And luckily for me, I have like a very supportive wife. Mm-hmm. She's a nurse. She's a great, great nurse. And uh, she works full time. So 
me being an artist, I'm home writing. So I, I do a lot of the taking care of the kids. I get them ready for school. Yeah. I do all the meals. You know, it's like, you know, it's teamwork. It's got to yeah. be teamwork. It's got to be teamwork and you got to support each other's dreams. She went to school, nursing school during the pandemic. Oh, wow. So, you know, I got, I was home, thank God. And the kids were home doing home, the uh, online, online learning and all that. Yeah. So she could really focus on that. So you, you gotta be, you gotta be like uh tag team partners, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and those kids are, you're, uh, you're, you're wrestling against them. <laughs> They're coming at you all different ways. Oh my God. Tell me. And you, and you, I'm, I'm in the thick of it right now, man. I got the two young kids. So it's. Yeah. It's, hold are they? Why? Well, well, my, my oldest is actually going to be four next week. And then I already, oh, really? wow. Uh, my, my other one who's going to be in September. She'll be two. Wow. So uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm in. I'm in it right oh, now, bro. I'll do it. I'm. A, I got 13, 11, and six. So, oh jeez, you yeah, have but, the fun. Those are the fun years right now. Yeah, but you actually, <laughs> I feel like you're in that. You're in that phase, but you don't have to worry about them, like you know, doing something stupid, like falling off a chair and hurting themselves. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, you'll be like, surprised. Well, there's other <laughs> stupid the shit they can do though, Tom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but I don't have to. There's plenty yeah, of stupid stuff they can get yeah, into. But if I don't hear them for like five minutes, I'm like, what's happening? What are they doing? Something's going on. <laughs> so, and more importantly, why was I not paying attention? What? <laughs> like, it's like I was busy making dinner or something, you know? So. Uh, I was busy binge watching this series on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might have been it at one point. So, for sure. No, but, uh, um, so yeah. yeah, we're going back to the uh, Shaw films. Uh, yeah. Um, we'll see what happened in 2020. Everything shut down and all this. And then, by uh, that summer, I couldn't take it anymore. And I, I was like, I got to do something. I ended up doing this little short film called Confronting Silvestri. I like wrote it in a weekend. It was like a 20-minute short. I got my friend Greg Hall to film it. I cast everybody. We filmed it in two days. He edited it in about a month. And we just threw it out there. It was just something to do because we were all going nuts. Yeah. And then by the end of the summer, things started opening up. And they started uh, filming... Um, uh, the family's feud. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I don't remember them filming that. Yep. And uh, Bruce Solskja, a friend of mine, he was one of the producers of it. He called me up. He was hey, I got these couple of roles for this. If you want to be in it, um, uh, one is like a like a bodyguard. It's a, a sit around the table kind of mob bosses all meeting. And they all have bodyguards with them. Um, there's no dialogue, and there was mm-hmm. just this other quick scene of a flashback of a guy getting killed and he had about, you know, two, three lines. I said, I want the guy with the two, three lines, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't right. want to be just standing there, you know? <laughs> so I took that role. I, I'm this guy in this barbershop seat and um, I don't want to give it away because it, it's going to be out soon. I think it's going to be out on the platform pretty soon. Oh, that's oh, awesome, nice. man. Oh, it's, let us, yeah, let us know, please. It's the first five minutes of the movie. The scene yes. it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I got to see that. It's, awesome. de- it's definitely rememberable. And yeah. then, um, and then from there, I ended up doing the boss and the hitman with my friend Anthony Aquiso. Uh, uh, Aquiso, I can never say his name right. Aquiso. And uh, he's going to hate me now. But, um, <laughs> and he did, he wrote and directed. We did these two little episodes of that. So things were happening. And then uh, my friend Jimmy Caputo reached out to me and says, I got this idea for a short film called Mob Ghost. Mm-hmm. And we met up and got a coffee. And it's basically this guy, it's a short, about 10 minutes short. He just got divorced. He has a new apartment and the place is haunted by a mob ghost. He was killed there. <laughs> I love that. And it was great. It was, he was killed on the toilet. So when he appears, 
the, the toilet flushes and he comes out and he's in his boxes and this white beater shirt. <laughs> and it, it's really funny. And we were in about three different festivals. We at the scene festival, we won best comedy. No way. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah congrats. So, so hopefully that it's, it's still lined up for a couple more festivals, I think. So once that's over, he should be able, he'll be putting that online awesome. as well. Awesome. And then Father Forgive Me was another thing. Uh, friends of mine from I worked with before on a on a pilot, they filmed this short about 25 minutes long called Father Forgive Me. Mm-hmm. And this was cool because it was a totally different role. I always played uh, like the, the mobster or, you know, right. it's a comedy. This was a dramatic piece. I had to play a priest mm-hmm. who um, always listened to confessions of, of these, these mafia guys. And it's really eating him up that he can't do anything about it. Yeah. So I I really had to dig deep. It was kind of, it was kind of cool. It was really cool to play it. Got to spend the week. That's interesting. Like I like that that plot. You know, like yeah. Like how do you deal with all the stuff people are telling you as a priest? That's cool. Yeah. So and that we did that up um upstate New York in a little town, and it was a great weekend hanging out with those guys and paid gig. We got the hotel, got the food. I was like, yeah, yeah. This is these are the gigs, man. These are the good gigs. (laughs) That's Nick, which uh, which Silvestri did you have to confront? Because like I grew, I I, I know the family, I know the whole family. Oh, there's, there's lots of Silvestri. Was they a teacher? Oh no, no, it's uh the the ones I grew up with were uh were were kids that grew up on Pavilion Ave. All right, uh, yeah, because I I there was a teacher at Windmill Street School in the North End named Silvestri. So I just I just used that name. I didn't base oh, it off right. them, but right. but I just I like the name, the sound of it. Yeah, and um. <laughs> Yeah, it was just it was like a, this real jerk teacher treated kids like crap. And um, myself and my friend Joe Petucci played two brothers that went back forty years later to confront them. Oh, nice! And, and, uh, and tell him that he sounds was a awesome. Jerk. Yeah, yeah. He, and he was still like a real jerk. And like, <laughs> and we and then like he he really abused my brother. Was kind of like uh, you know, um, <clears throat> but I think he we he was autistic, but we didn't say in the script that he was, but he played yeah. it that way. And I felt like he was always being bullied by that teacher. So I brought him back home in the in the movie, and I go back to to like to beat him down with a bat. Yeah. And I show up, and he's dead already on the couch. He had a heart attack. <laughs> oh, so I was man. like, "All right." Yeah. You know, it was it was cool. That's awesome. Oh. And you're you're uh, you're looking to get uh you know we were talking earlier an independent company started uh filming company started this year so can you tell us about that is it you have like a name for it yet or i i uh i might say the names yet but i I got like two i'm down to two or three names and i'm really struggling with it yeah because i like i like two of them i really like a lot and and it had and there's meaning to it there's meaning personally for me one of them and one of them's like um a combo of my 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 last name and my mom's last name Mm -hmm. so it's like a family thing yeah so and the other one's really personal to me, you know, being want to make films since I was a child. So I'm I'm struggling with that. But yeah, I um, like I said, these these scripts, I'm hopefully gonna make them this year. And and if they're a go, man, I'm gonna register the name. I'm gonna get the account. We're gonna really go legit and make a little production company. That's so awesome. yeah, and I'm gonna use the same formula I did with the theater group before the pandemic. I had that theater group. I had a really great following um, and I kind of want to take those same ideas and same way I promoted the shows. And it's all really about promotion. You got to get it out there. 
people don't know it exists. You know, you know, you're yeah. doing it for really. You're just doing it for yourself, really. Yeah. But you know, so I'm trying to take that same formula and but do it in independent film because man, it's it's crazy. It's so much. I've been researching about a year now, a year and a half, of all these different little uh, company distributors that just just distribute independent film. Yeah. And they get them onto Amazon, they get them onto Tubi and all these other platforms that are popping up now. Mm-hmm. And you can actually make a, a, a living. Yeah. If your movie does well, you can actually make a living mm-hmm. uh, doing these films. It's like, I, I, that's why I call my, my uh, little, I don't know if it's a podcast, but I do these videos. I call it Independent Artist Live. I call myself an independent right. artist, you know? <laughs> right, right. You don't really, you don't need... I don't believe you need the Hollywood system anymore. There's so many independent production companies that popped up in the last decade. Yeah. They're filming so much down in Georgia and the Carolinas, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone's like during, especially during the pandemic, everybody left California. Yeah. A lot, hundreds of thousands left there and New York, you know, mm-hmm. and even upstate New York is starting to get a lot of stuff. Like people are branching away from the city. Mm-hmm. It's changed a lot, dude. The last three years, it's really changed. Everybody, it, everybody it, left Hollywood and they started in OnlyFans. I think that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what's that? What's that thing you can pay somebody? The um, uh, Pel- oh, I forgot the name of it. I don't know. It's like artists do it. You can pay a fee and be part of it. And oh, give- uh, oh, it's like crowdfunding, right? Yeah, like uh, yeah, well, yeah. Crowdfunding, but, like a- but well, there's a there's a company that does it. Um, yeah, you like you basically invest in the company, and then you can get if the if it does well, you can get like um, shares of it. Mm. Buy shares. Yeah, I forgot what it's called. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, just with the technology, I, I I was just talking about it today in my live video that uh, it doesn't matter, man. Like if you have a great story, mm. you got you got a great crew behind you, and you need the money. Definitely gotta have money, but you don't need a lot. Cause it's, a little, right. it's so much cheaper to make it like think about Tarantino and, and Rodriguez and all those guys in the nineties making those movies. They had to pay for that film. The film was yeah. so expensive. It's that crazy. was like the almost the whole budget was the film. Now you can like shoot it stuff on film, an right? iPhone. Yeah. 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 Yep. It's crazy. Yeah, that yeah, that Boston, I, the Hitman. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I was go ahead. I was <laughs> no, that, that Boston, the Hitman with the first episode we did it's on YouTube that was done on an iPhone. The quality is unbelievable. Yeah. Well, now they have, you know, the iPhone has all this, like, you know, camera, automatic camera stabilization in it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, even if you, and you can get, like, the gimbals for it now, which, like, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, everything's yeah. digital, you know, so it's so much faster to actually edit stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, yeah, I think, I think it's great that you can kind of just do your own thing. There's so many people that have gained followings on, you know, from putting their stuff out on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. So, if you know how to kind of manipulate it and use it to your advantage, I mean, like you can definitely yeah. get your, get your, your face out there. I mean, there's, there's people that are doing stuff on Instagram that like, they're just funny videos. Like that guy, Casey Frey, like he's mm-hmm. huge, but, and he, and he has funny videos and he does like these little skits, but now he's like, like a touring stand up comedian because of it, you know? Yeah. So it's like, nobody would have known this guy unless he yeah. had his phone up. And that's, started acting. that's the opportunity of the internet. And that's the good side of it. Like, yes. you know, the good side, because there's a bad side to it. Yeah. And, but that's the good side. I like to, the bad to, side. <laughs> the dark <laughs> side. <laughs> it, give me all the bad internet. I love that. 
<laughs> no, but to be able to produce your own stuff and like and just get it out there. And like I said, there's like um, uh, Film Hub is one of them. Is independent um, distributor. Yeah. You you get on board with them. They can pitch your movie to Amazon, to who uh, Tubi, um, uh, a bunch of other ones. I can't. Rem- there's so many I can't remember them all. Yeah. And and I think people, if you find your niche, like um, and then you see that something's missing. There's not like there's not a market for it. Um, and what's happened the last few years is the is the the black market, like the the African American filmmaker. If you mm-hmm. go to Tubi, there's tons of movies done written directed and starring uh you know african-american black performers yeah there's a need for it like they right. they can't they're not getting on other plat like platforms or any like mainstream stuff mm-hmm. so they just they produce their own work and like film hub indie rights these distributors are getting it on there for them and these guys are getting paid that's dope yeah that's i think that's awesome that's awesome mm-hmm. so it's like there's no uh excuse anymore there's really yeah, no yeah. excuse anymore. You want to do something, just do it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, man. speaking of Tony and I, Nick, Tony and I are actually yeah. uh, writers ourselves. Yeah. Um, we actually have started working on a screenplay, and we want to give you first dibs. All right. Uh, it's called it's called Nine Times, <laughs> and the uh, the nine is spelled N E I N, like German. No. Yeah. Um. Uh, and it's about two friends, Tony and Cooley, mm-hmm. who find a time machine. And, like Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah, and it will kind of, kind of, <laughs> but but better. Um, because we're going back to like off Hitler when he was a baby, except oh, all right. except we're not like we're we're not really like adept at traveling through time, so we end up like not going back far enough, and we find Hitler as a teen. And we realized that he's like not really a bad dude yet. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so it's funny. difficult for us to like kill him. So we're trying to figure out how we can just like change his life. <laughs> um, and uh, we end up having to go back nine times because every time we come back to our reality, something stupid is happening. And like, it's all that's pretty, up. that's pretty funny. That's pretty yeah. funny. So we have to go back and we, we, we try something a little different. We come back. Yeah, yeah. Something else is fucked up, and then we have to yeah. go back. And then finally, and then finally, we—I uh, don't know—we haven't finished it yet. We don't have an ending yet. But I'm assuming it's either going to be we have to actually fucking kill him, or <laughs> yeah, uh, we just say fuck it and we just leave everything alone and you know, come back. We have to, to find back. a way to flatten out the ripples. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, we want to give you first crack at that. So when you start your studio. Feel free to give us a holler. We'll uh, we'll even that's we'll not, even perform. Well, right now, that's like a little too big budget for me. That's <laughs> time traveling movies. That's a big budget, man. Well, all you gotta do is get us to Germany, man. We'll make it rest happen. No, all you um, gotta do is just do the Wayne's World. That... Yeah, <laughs> I could do I could do that shit. In Final I'll get to Germany I'm on a green screen. We'll get you anywhere. I'm just gonna use a Final Cut transition where it just like flips the screen, and then like we're all we're in Germany in 1945. Um, <laughs> oh, God. That's ridiculous. Well, <laughs> I feel like we talked about that a long time ago. I completely forgot about it. You were just like reminding me of the entire plot. That we uh, had no, I, did, I had it in my head still. I was like, oh I got my a, God, I got that was a long time. That was funny. I was like, wait, you're still doing that? That's great. Um, <laughs> That's great. 
<laughs> so, um, Yo, but we, next, hold on. I'm, ta- I'm taking some notes. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Watch next year. It's going to be like, <laughs> you, guys, you guys are going to be like, hey, nine times. Hey, wait, he goes back. He goes back to kill Mussolini, but he just yeah. changed the character. Sorry, man. We have like all my this... arch nemesis from then. I'll be like, Nick Albanese, I man. We have all this shit recorded. It's been documented. Yes, <laughs> so, I know. So, anyway, but um, yo, I, I one thing I definitely wanted to talk about. Um, and you brought this up. You reminded me uh, earlier. We both worked on a series that came to Providence years ago called Brotherhood. Uh, oh yeah. Which actually made it on Showtime. Uh, yeah. I feel Pretty like it. It ended too early. I was I was waiting to get a little bit more closure on some of those characters, but um, yeah. you know it, it it did have three seasons, so I'll give it that. Um, it was fun to work on, but you mentioned that um, you drove a lot of celebrities in a limo. So and and you, I I got to hear about some of the crazy experiences of some of the or some of the celebrities that you met and, and what went down. Oh yeah, I drove limo for a few like close to a decade. Yeah. Uh, I was like great. I think 2002 I started driving, and oh yeah, dude, I met like Kenny Rogers and Emerald Lagasse, Danny DeVito, Real Perlman, uh, uh, George Collin. No that, way! That was, oh yeah, wow. that George Collin. That, that's how I started stand up because I, I ended up picking him up at the um, in '04, and that's like the same year I started stand up. It really inspired me because as I always wanted to do stand-up i always did like these one-man shows as a kid in my yard for like all the neighborhood kids and i didn't know what it was i didn't know what it was called stand-up you know i just was doing it yeah uh i picked him up and it was him his opening act opening acts fiance and george collins his his manager who's like been his best friend since high school and i picked him up at north star airport and i dropped three of them off at PPAC. And then I bring George to the Western Hotel. So he wants to freshen up. Mm-hmm. And that weekend, uh, Jersey Girl came out. Remember Ben Affleck movie with oh, Jennifer yeah, Lopez? Yeah. He dies yeah. during birth in the movie and he's left with the daughter. Yep. And he lives with his father, played by George Collin. I, two days before that, and I didn't know I was going to pick him up, that I, I saw that movie. So when he came back out from the hotel, um, and he didn't want me to open the door for him or anything. He's like, no, I don't do that for me. Like He's just a regular guy. Yeah, and I and I was driving. And I said, you know, I saw that movie Jersey Girl this past weekend, and it, it was really good. I mean, you did a really good acting job in that. He's like, hey, yeah. thanks, man. Yeah. You know, and I think he appreciated the, the way I, I was talking to him. Like I wasn't being like some Google Gaga. Oh my God, George Cullen, please yeah, sign yeah. my chest. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so we go back to the pee pack, and then he gets out, and I'm sitting in the limo. He's like, what are you doing? I said, I gotta sit here. The show's not starting for like six hours. Oh my God. He's like, come inside. He goes, what are you going to sit in the car by yourself for? Yeah. And I went inside. I hung with him in the green room and, his, and the other guy, uh, Dennis Blair, was his opening act. All right. Yeah. And, and, and Dennis Blair, side note, Dennis Blair co wrote Easy Money with Ronnie Dangerfield. Oh, that's funny. Oh, wow. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, just saw, and then I, they sent me over to Hemingway's to pick up food. They yeah. bought me dinner. We ate. And then, then it, the show starts, places sold out. And Dennis goes up there. He does a lot of uh, music comedy. And I was like, this is great. I'm watching it all from the wing of the stage. Yeah. And then George Collin goes out and it was amazing. I'm like, this, I'm like, this is what I want to do. And this yeah. is like what I really want to do. Yeah. And 
because um, in the green room we were talking before the show. I was like, "How do you get started in stand up?" He's like, "Just write five minutes of material and go to open mics, and you'll know right away if you're good or if you suck." <laughs> that was his advice. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, he's like, real. even go. To, he goes, go to even the music open mics. They'll let you do stand up. So I took that advice from it was like April, May the show, and in June, I went down those stitches at the mall. Oh, I don't sure. know if you remember that place. Yeah, stitches, bro. Yeah, it was there for like two years. Yeah, yeah, it was. And that Parada was doing a Wednesday night open mic, yeah. and I went down, and I told him I want to do it. He goes, "Come back next week, bring so many people." And of course, of course it did. was Parada, dude. Of course it was. Of course it was. Parada. Come, come down. I'll give you five minutes, brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was like you bring seven people or something. I, I brought. I came back the next week with like twenty people. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's the best. And I they didn't know I was a theater major. I did plays, so I was very comfortable on stage. I was like yeah. the eighth one on, but the first one to get actually out loud laughs. Wow. And I got off stage. He goes, "You sure this is your first time, brother?" I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He goes, "I got shows for you. I got shows. So you're gonna host some shows for me." <laughs> I I started hosting shows. That's how I started. It was George Carlin, man. And uh, and no, no years later, years later, I I opened up for uh, Bobby Collins up at the Hanover Theater. Yeah, Bobby Collins. And I to- I told the stage manager there, Hanover, my George Collins story. He's like, come over here. And he brings me to the back wall. It's everyone that performed on a stage signed the wall. And he goes, right there, there's George Collins' name right there. And he go- he gave me the-, the silver marker that they use. And he goes, hey, sign your name right next to him. Oh, man. That's and awesome. he let me sign my name right next to George. I was like, wow. That's crazy, dude. That is an yeah. awesome. Oh, that's an awesome. And he, story. he like, passed away. He passed away by then already, you know. Oh. And I know if he stayed alive, I would have saw him again because he came up to New England at least once or twice a year. Yeah, it would have been so cool to tell him, you know, that I was doing. I, I became. A, I ended up becoming a headliner after a couple of years. Yeah, and um, I got to tell his daughter that story. Is uh, Kelly? Um, yeah. she did. A, she did a one woman show called Grown Up Colin, and um. Uh, I threw, I forgot what platform on me, it was Twitter or something. I told her the story about her dad, how he, you know, was so nice to me and inspired me to do it. And she's like, oh, thanks so much for telling me that story. So at least I feel like I, I got to tell a, a, yeah. a part of him, the story, you know, to his yeah. daughter. The, the fact that you actually got to hang out with George Collin and like, keep, you know, have dinner with him and just, just kind of hang out with him is yeah that's, that's such eight, a, that's we're talking a like eight story. hours we're talking like Dude, that's, eight hours. that's 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 like a dream man like i i i'm a huge carlin fan i mean and he is he was so ahead of his time and everything and he was so he, nice he was that's so the thing. that's what i've heard and but everything that he did in his act is he was like, miserable it, he was grumpy yeah, but it's and, still hated the government and the, and the church and everything but then you talk to him in person he was the sweetest guy yeah. from new york man he was so nice i was like wow Hey, but I was nervous the, to meet him. I was nervous. <laughs> I thought he was gonna be a miserable bastard. I was nervous to meet him. <laughs> he does give up that kind of vibe, you know. Yeah, yeah. But then again, I think about him in uh, Bill and Ted's, you know, where he's like, you know, they get better. So you know, yeah. so he's such a good dude. That's awesome, man. Dude, thanks for sharing that story. That is awesome. Yeah. And, and then and Devito, he- Devito was another one because Devito's two daughters went to Brown. Yeah. And uh, I ended up helping. They were staying at the Westin, and I, I ended up getting these boxes. Like, they needed the uh, Suburban. I'm like, why yeah. do you need a Suburban? And there's all these boxes <laughs> they had in storage there they're going to bring to the dorms for yeah. his daughter. One one daughter was living in the dorm. One was living in, a, like, an apartment. 
And it was like a two-day job. So there I am, like the first daughter. I'm there moving boxes with the DeVitos, with real pro when they were still married at the time, and the kids. It was like surreal. Like I, I've been, I was watching this guy as a kid on Taxi, and here I am bullshitting with him. Like it was crazy. Yeah. And there, and I remember we were joking around, and we were just talking like we knew each other for years. And there was a there was another it was parent weekend, parent moving yes. weekend. And there's another father there who looked like Larry David, but he wasn't Larry David. <laughs> he looked like him. Yeah. I'm going, hey, Danny. I go, that guy looks like Larry David. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. And I go, yeah. And I say, you look like Danny DeVito. He goes, yeah, yeah. And you look like this guy Nick I used to know. <laughs> so it, was just, it was just like that, like the yeah. whole day. It was great. I heard he, he came my... into to Paragon too once my sister was working there and he came into Paragon yeah. and I guess like him and his daughter came in there. They were pretty high. <laughs> they just got like a oh, bunch yeah? of food. Yeah, so I, it's, I've heard he's like he's like a super fun guy. You know, oh, just, he's like, super nice. Yeah. And then I brought real Rhea Perlman to the mall. Probably she had to go to Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah. And like, and I'm just walking with her and people probably thought I was already a bodyguard because he's yeah. very small. You know, I mean, I'm only five eight. But I'm, I was heavy too at the time, and so you can see people like oh, real Perlman, real Perlman. Like they're all like, with, like, but she was really nice, really yeah. nice to everybody. It was a great time, man. And then the next day, I helped them move. I had to get a van. It was impossible to get a van that weekend in Rhode Island because everybody yeah, was moving course. into college. And the, I found this one van. My friend's father had a trucking company. I knew he had this white van, and I told my boss, "Call him up." And then I called the guy up. I said, charge him whatever you want because he's desperate. He needs it. So, he, yeah. you know, he tried. <laughs> I don't know how much he charged him, but we got the van because I had to go pick up furniture for the other daughter's apartment. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It was cool, man. They were really cool. And he would call me once in a while. I was like, hey, Nick, you know, where's the, uh, is there a Hogwarts, Hogwarts store around or <laughs> is there, you know, like a paint shop somewhere? I, I was like giving directions somewhere. Yeah. That's awesome. I had, and then they were like, look, they were like, look me up when you come to California. And I did the following year. Yeah. And I called them up. Their numbers were changed. Oh, <laughs> that sucks. I, I, was, I laugh about it now, but you know. Yeah. Oh man. I remember they, my buddy, my buddy was on federal Hill and he had a really yeah. weird, it, it was like parent weekend. I don't, it was around. I don't know why, but apparently Joe Pesci was there. And really? uh, yeah, and he was on Federal Hill and he's working at a place. I, I forgot. I think it's called Zuma on Federal Hill. Oh, yeah, yeah, Zuma, yeah. He was standing outside. He was like, they had like the, the, the uh, you know, like the host booth outside and he's standing there and he's just whatever. And he looks to the left and he's just doing his thing and he sees this guy. He's this really short guy coming towards him and he's getting closer. He's like, looks like Joe Pesci. He's like, there's no way that's Joe Pesci. Like, why would Joe Pesci be here? So he gets closer and closer and he's like, it's totally Joe Pesci. And, and Pesci wow. saw him looking at him, right? Like, he like this. He knew that this guy knew who he was. Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah. He, so as he walked by, him, he just goes, "Hey, how you doing?" <laughs> he kept going, and my friend was like, what "The fuck!" I was fucking Joe Pesci. Like, oh my god! I just said, "Hey, just said, like what?" You know. That's great. I, I would love to meet him. But the craziest, the worst thing to ever say to him is like, "Tell me, tell me, what's so funny about me?" <laughs> he probably hits that all the time. Yeah, he'd probably kill you. So. Say it. Oh, do yeah. the thing. Do the thing that you did. Yeah. Do, do the I like thing the, skit, do. the pinky ring skit on Saturday Night oh, Live. Oh, yeah, right? so good. He's looking in the mirror. He's so like, good. <laughs> oh, man. I do, dude, do, those are some of the best stories. I appreciate those. you telling us those. Uh, the oh, I got to hear another funny story, quick story. Oh, yeah. Kenny, Kenny Rogers, dude. <laughs> Kenny Rogers. Oh, yeah. Sweetest guy on earth. 
Sweden really? God rest his soul, right? I, I, he was staying on a tour bus. His whole band was staying because he was it was Christmas time. He does the Christmas Eve concerts every year back yeah. then, and um, his whole band and crew stay in the hotel. It's the it was the it's the Hilton, I think. It used to be the Holiday Inn. Now it's the Hilton. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he's outside in the tour bus, and the tour bus is like an apartment, like a New York City apartment in there. Crazy. So I I have to go to the airport. I didn't meet him yet. I just get a call to go pick up his nanny or somebody at the airport and then yeah. bring him back to the hotel. And then I got to go back and pick up his wife. I think it was like his third wife at the time. And she was like <laughs> 35 years younger than him. <laughs> right. I pick her up the sweet lady. She goes, can we go to the supermarket? I bring her a stop and shop. She wanted to buy some stuff for the bus. And then I come in and I walk into the bus and he's laying on the couch in his boxers. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, I'm embarrassed. I'm like, oh, sorry. You know, I just walked in with the luggage, his wife's yeah, yeah. luggage. I'm like, oh, sorry, Mr. Rogers. You know, no, no, it's Kenny. Kenny, don't worry about it. Come in, come in. <laughs> and, and he's like, I, I go, I'm, how you doing? I'm Nick. He goes, yeah, yeah, I know, I know you are. You know, my wife says you're doing a great job, man. He put, he has a fanny pack and it's full of cash. <laughs> and like, at my job, I'm already tipped twenty percent. You know, yeah. I already automatic tip. But he's like pulls out like $300 bills and he's like, here you go, man. That's for you. I was like, wow, thank you. I was like, thank you so much, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you want tickets? Cause you want tickets for tonight's show? I was like, no, I can't. I, was, I actually, I have to go to Logan now. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, had, like, I had a long day. I had to go up to Logan, pick somebody else. So like, I wish I could. I'm working, yeah. but that's oh. how nice he was, man. I'm surprised he didn't pull out the, you know, he had the, at the time he had the, uh, the chicken place, the Kenny Rogers chicken. Yeah, place. Kenny Rogers chicken. And it's I'm now surprising they pulled that out of the fridge and offered that to me. He was so nice. He was like, Kenny hey, Rogers, my chicken. Kenny Rogers chicken is is where Chick fil A is now in Warwick. Yeah. <laughs> used to be around. I used to go there with my parents. It was good. Yeah, yeah. The town, so. I, yeah. I'm totally surprised he didn't pull that out of his fridge and offer it to me. The guy was so <laughs> sweet. You know, I, I know what I think about is the Seinfeld episode with the Kenny Rogers chicken. Oh, across yeah, the street, yeah. the sign yeah. that kept yeah, the camera yeah. away. <laughs> That's yeah, when, he, when he offered you the tickets, you should have said, no, I, I need to go return some videos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Oh. Well, I should have took the tickets and I could have sold them. Oh, yeah, scalp that. them. Yeah, you could <laughs> scalp them. Man. Oh, my God. Imagine that. <laughs> he sees you outside. Well, I would have been in Logan. Tickets. I would have gave him to a friend. Say, whatever you get, we'll split it. Yeah. Uh, yeah and if he approaches you, you just say, "Yeah, three hundred you gave me wasn't enough." <laughs> <laughs> Brother, gotta eat. Admiral Lagasse was another dude I hung out with for a while. Um, I, I, I met him once at, at where was it? Barnes and Barnes and Noble and Warwick or something. He came for a signing. He he was a super nice guy. We yeah, he hung he, out. Well, with he has him. ties because of Johnson and Wales. He went there for a bit. Yeah. But he yeah. got a, then he dropped out, but he got an ordinary degree. Mm -hmm. But he came back. It was a golf tournament for Johnson and Wales. And um, <laughs> I ended up picking him up at the Western. They all stay at the Western. And so uh, that movie with The Rock, I can't remember the name. It was like one of the earliest movie Rocks came out with, where he was, um, he was a wannabe. Huh? <laughs> That's what I was going to say, Scorpion. <laughs> no, no, no. No. Like, no, it was one of his first starring roles. He played like this uh, bounty hunter. What is it? Walking tall? No, no, no. All right. He played a guy. Mind. He's like a bounty hunter, but he want, really wanted to be a chef. The opening scene, he's in the car listening to Emeril Lagasse and taking the recipe down. And I just <laughs> saw that movie. I just saw it like the couple of days before. And here I am with Emeril Lagasse. 
And I, and I say to him, hey, I, I, he gets in the car. He sat in the front with me. It was suburban. His manager and his whole posse sat in the back. And he sat in the front with me. And I knew he liked Billy Joel. So I had all my Billy Joel CDs. So he's like, crank it up, you know? And I was like, hey, I just heard your voice in a movie this weekend. He goes, what movie? I said, yeah, the, the Rock. I, I, we'll have to look it up later with the movie title. He goes, yeah, he's listening to you on the radio, writing down a recipe. And he looks at his manager goes, you know about this? He goes, no. I'll make some calls. So they used his voice without his permission. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just gave them up. So oh, I don't God. know how much money he made off of that deal. I don't That's know what hilarious. circles you roll in, but in my area, in my area, they call that a rat. <laughs> well, I thought he knew. <laughs> you thought he Hollywood knew, movie, yeah. right? That's a big Hollywood movie. I thought he knew. You know, you, you have to get permission. And I was like, oh, I just, I was so, like, so funny that I just heard your voice in the movie. Now I'm picking you up. You know, that's hilarious. And I hung out, and we brought him up to a golf place, and we were there for like, oh man, we were up there for like 12 hours, dude. And he would come back to the car every once in a while to see how I was doing. But every time he came back, he was drunker and drunker, man. Because he was, he was probably drinking wine all day or something. I don't know. And by the end of the night, we went back to Providence. He went to a restaurant on the hill. And then we were up there till like 1 in the morning. I had like a 14-hour day with this guy, right? And he comes out. And he's like, I want to go to the home of my youth, Fall River. I'm like, what? I'm like, I want to go home and sleep, you know? And thank God his manager <laughs> talked him out of it. He's like, no, Emerald, we got that thing in the morning with the radio station. No, he's like, all right. I was like, imagine if I, I'm working like 14 hours and I got to drive to Fall River now because he wanted to go see the home of his youth. <laughs> Nick, what what uh, year was this in? Oh, this – well, we find out that movie, we'll know. Um, well, that's what I'm trying to find out because it was – I was before like – obviously like Fast Five, you know, that was like 2010. You're thinking like – Oh, this is early 2000s. Like, Yeah, so we're looking uh, at um, The Mummy like, Returns, oh. Long Shot – Keep going. Uh, the Scorpion King, SummerSlam. Well, that was that's at WrestleMania. So the Rundown, Walking Tall. I think it was the Rundown. The Rundown was with Christopher Walken, though. They were in like uh, they were out in the middle of nowhere. This actually, you're right. Yeah, it was the Rundown. Yeah, he was like a yeah he was like a chef with yeah Christopher Walken ran this ran yeah. this uh, in the middle the of rundown. the Rundown. That's yeah. the, what year was that? What year was that? Uh, it was like 2009 or so, maybe before that. Yeah. Yeah, the rundown. Yeah, that's the it. Rundown, that's we right. figured it out. We yeah. did it, Scooby. Christopher, Christopher Walken. Super sleuth. <laughs> yeah. They got my tooth. I want it back. So, <laughs> yeah, how come we got this watch? Yeah, how come we got this This watch has been up my ass for two years. And now I'm giving it to you. <laughs> that was the best one. We Redbeard podcast. What'd you say? What's the run? What did the Redbeard what? How come we couldn't do that when it was the Redbeard podcast? It was like, we were always just like, uh, I don't know the guy's name. I can't remember the guy's name. I can't remember the movie. Like, now we're pulling movies out our ass. We're just like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is the movie that he was in. We know oh, how to man. use the internet now. <laughs> no more dial-up for us. We're on the fast internet now. <laughs> yeah. Fast. We, we've come a long internet. way. Really. We're on the internet. <laughs> Guys, I just picture Emerald like getting drunk and just like devolving throughout the night. He was fun. He was a he was a fun guy, man. He was fun. Did he? By the end of it, he's just like kick it up a notch. Yeah, bam, bam, bam. The trio. He's awesome. He's he's the man. I love him. And my we went to I ate at his restaurant, Universal Studios. It was really good. Oh yeah, yeah. 
yeah. It, no, his son his son is now kind of taking over the family business. His son's a chef. Yeah. I just, I just saw a special on that. Interesting. Uh, interestingly enough, every Thanksgiving, I actually, when I cook the turkey, I use a Emeril Agassi, Louisiana style. You know, he puts like the, put yeah. the garlic underneath, you know, the, the skin and you, oh, it's, it's so good. So, but yeah, yeah. anyway, I don't know, that, that adds to the conversation. <laughs> hey, the, 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 uh, what's that? Velastro? Buddy Velastro, you ever meet, did you ever meet Buddy Velastro? Oh, no, no, never met him. No. The cake boss yeah. for those that oh, yeah. cake boss, yeah. I get I get I get him a lot too. People say I look buddy Cietzi and I get cake boss. <laughs> oh, I can oh I could see that. Yeah, I get yes. people I've heard that one all the time too. But when he, the show was popular. Um yeah, but back to limo and and actually brotherhood. I was driving limo and I would drive uh Henry Bromel, who was a writer producer of Brotherhood. I drove him all the time. I would drive these guys in and out um during season one and then uh but season two came along and i got a call from ann mulhall from ldi says you want to come in and read for um, a role and i went in and i was supposed to read for um a contractor Mm -hmm. and i walk in the room it's henry bromel i drove him dozens of times and uh, michael correnti was directing the episode and like henry's looking at me going I was like, I, he's like, I know you. I know you? I said, yeah, Henry, I drove you like 12 times. Yeah. And then he realized, oh, wait, it's Nick, the dry, limo driver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's how I got the role because he just felt comfortable with me. Yeah. And Correnti uh, made me read. He goes, uh, can you stay and read something else? And I went back and they gave me the the um, the lines of uh, a councilman instead. And I went back and read for the councilman. And then I left because you never know what's going to happen. But TV works really quick. Yeah. So I left there. An hour later, I get a call from Ann. You got the role, Council, Councilman awesome. Charlie Hacker. You got, I'm like, oh, we're going to be there in a couple of days. No, no, you got to be here tomorrow morning. Bring down two suits. We're doing two separate scenes. Go to City Hall tomorrow morning and have your lines ready. They, they, they emailed me the lines. and I was up all night. Just had like three, four lines in each scene. Yeah. And it was crazy, man. What an experience. You get spoiled right away. You got, you know, sitting in the makeup chair, they're doing your hair. Yeah. Um, oh, it's, it's like an amazing experience. And I got to join SAG because of that. I got a speaking role in a SAG production and That's I got awesome. to join. That's and, awesome. uh, but I was like, I think I got it because I used to drive Henry around. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> hey, you know what, man? Every, everything happens for a reason. Like, who cares yeah, yeah. How, how you got it? You got it. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it was fun. And Jason Isaac was a guy on the show. Yeah. Yep. I drove, I drove him and his family down. Um, Right before I got the role, I, w- I wasn't even sure I was going to be on. It was like a, maybe two weeks before the I went to the audition. Mm-hmm. I ended up driving um, Jason Isaac down, and, and he was really nice, man. He was a super nice guy. Yeah. I had a conversation with him all the way from Logan to Barrington, the house they were staying at. He was super nice. Yeah. And he did a lot of good like a lot of good stuff, too. Remember that? Was that Mel Brooks? No, Mel Brooks. Um, Mel Gibson the pa- movie? The, the Patriot. Yeah. The Patriot. He played a real prick in that. Didn't yeah, he? he was great. Yeah, he was awesome in that. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's in Harry Potter. I mean, like, yeah, oh, yeah, he's huge. He's super nice. Stuff. Yeah. And then my scenes were, you know, face to face with Jason Clark, the other Jason. Yeah. And yeah. he was, he he exploded after that show. Yeah. He, he he did a lot of big stuff. He did. He was he was very good. So what was the thing he did with uh, Kevin Bacon? What was that? Uh, the the Raven, I think. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think I know what you're talking about. I, I that sounds familiar. He was also in um, <clears throat> I think he did Planet of the Apes, uh, or, or something like that. Yeah, the, the new movies. Yeah, um, he was also in um, he was also in that movie. Um, we talked about it coolly. The Winchester House. That oh he yeah, visited yeah. Out in, uh, I've heard of that. Yeah. 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 He was in that. So he's he's still doing stuff, but uh. Yeah, he right after Brotherhood, he definitely blew up for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and he was in a uh, he was in a um, movie with uh, Johnny Depp back like in the forties, a gangster movie based oh. in Chicago. Oh yeah, um, Enemy of the en- Public uh, Enemy. Public Enemies, yeah, Public Enemies, yeah. Yeah, like, that... Christian Bale was in that too. Yeah, and yep. he and he was uh he he was in that movie about Ted Kennedy too. Yep. Yep. That came out a couple years ago. Yep. Yeah. You guys were too. both He's... on Brotherhood. Yeah, I did some extra stuff on it. I didn't have a speaking role in Brotherhood. I ended up getting speaking roles in, in other stuff like years after that. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Brotherhood was definitely fun though. Uh, it was just cool to kind of see a lot of different. Yeah, it was a really good and... show. Really well written. Yes. Um, they didn't, but the thing Showtime didn't really put a lot of money in the back end of it to advertise it. They just they they were hoping they'll ride the coattails of Dexter because Dexter yeah. was a huge huge hit for them, and they had it on right after Dexter. But a lot of the audience dropped out after Dexter to watch Brotherhood. And if you notice, it was like eleven episodes season one, then it was ten episodes season two, then it was only eight episodes season three. So they weren't putting the money behind it. Yeah, they should have too because like I I was super into the storyline, so I was kind yeah. of bummed when it ended. It was very well done. Yeah, very well done. It was, and it brought a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, work to Rhode Island. So, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. so thought, hey, you know, hopefully those stuff will start coming back at some point. So, as, as yeah, we need we need an, was. we need another series. Well, we got Good Burger coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're already just, here. They're already shooting. Yeah, I just saw an email. They need they need up to like a thousand extras for this movie. Yeah, yeah, they're shooting. It's uh, I think they're on Mineral Spring at some place. It used to be a Friendlies. So yeah, yeah, I used to go to that Friendlies. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they need it because it still has that old look, you know. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. None of those well, restaurants so, look like that. It anymore. was the it was the uh, shut down for a few years now, so it was like they could just they're leasing it out probably, and you can build it any way they want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, even actually, I saw a picture. They built the outside of it. They extended it. Oh, really? To make it look like make it look bigger. I haven't even I haven't been down that way in a, in a while. I'll have to take a ride by, see what's going on. Yeah. So, well, listen, Nick, I I I just want to thank you for coming on, man. This has been a blast. Um, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for sharing uh, everything. You're, I mean, these stories you've been telling us about, like <laughs> the people you drove in the limo, are, are super fun. Um, but can you? Uh, I want to give you you know a couple minutes to tell everybody who's listening like where they can find you. You know, yeah, if man, you have anything uh, going on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me too, man. I really had a good time. Um, yeah, I, I'm like Facebook is like probably the number one place you can find me. Um, um, Instagram, I'm on there as the Last Sicilian. Um, you can find I have a Nick Albanese actor writer page also on Facebook. I do have a Twitter, but I haven't used it at all. I got I actually got a new phone, and I don't know where the app is. I got to go back on Twitter <laughs> and redo all that again. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was like you know a lot of like drama on Twitter, so I yeah. kind of left it, so I yeah. haven't gone back, but maybe I will. 
But yeah, it's face, Facebook and uh, and Instagram are the two most. And I do have a YouTube page where I'm trying to do more content, especially if I start doing the films. I'm going to start putting up some behind the scenes stuff. Mm. Definitely. That'd be nice. awesome. Yeah. Well, keep us posted. And for everybody listening, uh, make sure you guys check out uh, Nick Albanese. And, uh, you know, he's got some stuff in the works as usual. <laughs> so, and uh, if he's, if you're doing the last Sicilian again, man, uh, which I know that you will, uh, I'll, I'll probably be back to check it out because it's such a good show. So everybody else. Hey, man. Thank you. So thanks, man. Appreciate it. Well, thanks for coming on, Nick. Well, I'll definitely talk to you soon, buddy. All right. Take care, guys. No problem. You too. Uh, Also, just like, just so you know, we, these videos are timestamped date and time. So like, I know it's going to be tempting, but just don't try to take nine times. Because we'll know. I'm doing eight times. I'm doing eight times. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Later, guys. Take it easy. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out this episode, and we truly appreciate your support. If you are listening to this episode, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast and rate it to help us share these conversations with others who may enjoy it. If you're watching the show on YouTube, please be sure to subscribe and click that notification bell so you can be notified as soon as we drop new and exciting content. Thank you so much again for joining and be sure to tell your friends, just make sure you don't call us Anthony.